You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am AJ Black, editor and publisher of BC Bulletin and your host of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. In today's episode, we're going to talk recruiting. It's National Signing Day week, so we have a lot to get to. We will also have our news segment and we will recap the Syracuse and Boston College game. And I know no one's going to want to hear about that, but I've got some interesting uh, perspective on the game and where Boston College should go from here. But before we get into today's meat of the episode, let me just remind you that Locked On Boston College is a daily Boston College podcast hosted by me, AJ Black. On this show, you're going to get insight, opinions, analysis, and all the good Boston College news that you want. Now, what I want to ask of you Make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast directory you use and make this part of your daily routine. Maybe you're washing dishes or cooking dinner and you want to listen to some Boston College news. Hit that play button and make sure you make this part of your routine. Watch. Once you start getting into this, it's going to become part of your life. And I'm looking forward to hearing more about what you think about this podcast because I've gotten a lot of great emails from people who've been talking about what they like and don't like about this podcast. So I'm glad to have you all on board. So let's get into the news. Now, I have been kind of lackluster in my coverage of hockey. And I know that's a big sport in Boston College uh, fandom. So I feel like I should start by talking about this weekend's game, a game, excuse me, against UConn. Boston College had a home-and-home with the Huskies uh, starting on Friday. They played at home and uh, then went to UConn on Saturday. Now, this was a tricky weekend series for BC because they had four players that were at the World Junior Camps, including star goalie Spencer Knight, star forward Alex Newhook. They also had Matt Boldy and Drew Hellison were all at camp. So they're missing four of their top players. So they were a little bit shorthanded, and UConn, you know, BC's had a huge advantage over them in the past, but they're a scrappy team, you know, they're coached by Mike Cavanaugh, former BC assistant, and, you know, they were, they're, the games against Boston College is always, you know, their Stanley Cup finals for them sometimes. So enter Friday's game. Spencer Knight's out, so they go with Henry Wilder, the goalie, a true freshman who, out of Hotchkiss, and it's his first start. And he plays out of his mind. You know, if you're watching and you want to see a goalie that's going to be the future of Boston College, Spencer Knight's going to be gone probably after this year. When, uh, he's been drafted by the Panthers. Henry Wilder had quite a game for his first game because UConn in the second and third period really put the heat on BC. He had 30 stops and kept BC in that game because he made some real acrobatic saves um, on some really tough shots. So he was really impressive. Now, the big moment in this game, so BC jumps out to a 3-0 lead. They look like, or 3-1 lead. They look like they're in control. UConn comes storming back, and they force overtime. And in fact, I thought near the end of the game that UConn was just going to flat out win the game, but Wilder, you know, he had those moments where he stopped it. 
So we get to see three-on-three hockey. The first time uh, this has ever happened in college hockey because they changed the overtime rules. So it's three-on-three. It's open ice. It's exciting. I really liked how that looked. It was a lot of fun to watch. I I mean, anytime that you take a few skaters off and you can really open it up, it makes it really cool. And it, it, it was, as the announcer says, it's all about how you move your chess pieces around during that time. Can you get guys out for breaks? Because they're going to get gassed pretty quick. And the big issue, I was watching this and I'm going, oh my gosh, Marshall Warren's been out there forever. And the announcers are talking about it. He's out there for two and a half minutes. And I'm going, and you're watching it and you're going, oh gosh, he's going to, he's so gassed. He's, you know, he's on rubber legs right now. Is he going to be able to get off the ice? Well, he steals the puck. And he, I don't know where he found that energy, skates down the goal, uh, end of the goal, uh, end of the ice, and scores. BC wins 4-3. What a a performance there. You know, as I said, Wilder had a great game. But Marshall Warren, he found that extra reserve to score uh, when he was gassed. And that was such a big win for Boston College and a great moment for him. There was more hockey news. So as I mentioned, those four players went off to camp. Well, All four of them, Alex Newhook is going to be playing for Canada. Uh, Matt Boldy and Drew Hellison and Spencer Knight all made the U.S. team. Now, the big news about that, they all made the team, so that's great. The big news is, unless scheduling changes, which could happen because of COVID, none of them are going to miss any games because BC doesn't play again until January 5th. So I think I I remember seeing that World Juniors are um, not going to interfere with that. So BC will not lose any of their players, but... If things change, and they always could, that could uh, definitely change things up. So we move to Saturday. Boston College goes to Connecticut this time. They play on campus, which um, they don't don't usually do. They play at um, that set the center in uh, Hartford because the on campus hockey rink doesn't reach Hockey East uh, standards, <laughs> which I think is funny. Um, well, it's a good, it's a much more competitive game right off the bat, and then the second period hits. And UConn scores three goals in two and a half minutes. And that's it. That's it. BC has no answer to that. You know, Wilder, again, had to play. He played back-to-back games. He had that moment. And then other than that, he was great. You know, he did what he had to do. He made 39 saves. BC scored one goal in this game. They, they ended up losing 3-1. It was a good weekend for UConn. It was pretty good for BC. You obviously don't want to see them lose. Um, but when you're down that much, you don't make excuses. But... You know, hopefully they'll be back to full strength when they face Northeastern in the first weekend of January. So that's your hockey news. Uh, You got it here from AJ Black. In terms of football, two more ACC teams joined Boston College in giving up bowl bowl games this year. Pitt and UVA both decided that they also don't want to play. I saw Stanford uh, out of the Pac-12 also decided that they didn't want to play a bowl game. There's definitely going to be bowls, though, because I just saw um, a couple teams – Tulane and Nevada and Army. There's a whole bunch of teams that are going to play. So if you're into bowl games, don't worry about it. You're going to get your bowls. But there's there's more teams, and I'm wondering how many more teams are going to uh, say enough is en- not enough is enough. But I, you know, just tapping out, and saying that's it for the season. There was some college football yesterday, and I had to say, not having to cover BC football was just nice to sit back and watch some games and not really have to worry about it. I the game that I watched, I watched a lot of. I watched Army and Navy, which was a lot of fun. That man, I loved Army's uh, uniforms, first of all. That was the big takeaway I had, but that was a fun game. You know, Navy, the one big uh, series was Navy 
you know, had one play where they ran it for like 60 yards and got knocked out at the one yard line. And then Army had this great goal line stand where they just would not let Navy in. Um, it was a great moment. And I, I love watching that. Now, my thought is after watching that, Navy's coach and Army's coach, someone, someone's going to take a chance on them. You know, a team like Vanderbilt that doesn't have much going, why not go with the triple option and try some of that gimmicky stuff? It's okay. You know, you're never going to beat Georgia straight on. You're never going to beat Florida straight on. Why don't you try some gimmicky things and see if you can win? So those were interesting. And then I watched the Florida LSU game. Holy moly. If you have not watched that, check it out. Go watch the highlights. So basically, LSU takes a huge lead. It jumps out to a big lead. Florida, who is a 26-point favorite, just storms back. You know, they got Kyle Trask. He's a Heisman candidate quarterback. They've got um, uh, Latarius Tony, I think his name is, and um, a couple other big targets out there. And they come flying back. Now, they can't take control of this game in terms of tempo, but the score is pretty close. Now, the game is tied. LSU has the ball. They're not doing anything. You know, this is a team that has lost most of the talent that they had from last year. They got a freshman basically everywhere. And it looks like they're about to go out because they, um, Florida makes a hit on their tight end and it looks like it's their, uh, it's going to be fourth down. However, the flag comes out and they show a replay of Florida's uh, defensive back throwing the LSU uh, tight end's shoe. 15-yard penalty, puts them in field goal range. They nail their field goal. Florida misses theirs. And because of that foot uh, th- shoe-throwing incident, Florida probably, even if they beat Alabama, which they won't, will not make the playoffs. So that was crazy. I've never seen anything like that. So it was an interesting weekend of college football. Now I want to take a moment and talk about Coors Light. If you're like me, you're always go, go, go. It's the holiday season. There's a million different expectations, whether it's getting gifts or or decorating the house or even just getting your work stuff done while all that is going on. And every now and then, you just need to chill. That was my Saturday night. I sat there and watched Florida State, uh, Florida and LSU. And when I did, I grabbed an ice cold Coors Light. Remember, with Boston College not playing, it doesn't matter. Just flip on your TV. You can find any excuse to drink a beer because Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport just to drink beer. So flip through the channels, find a sport, and crack open a Coors Light. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. And I've had moments this last week or so when I needed those moments so badly. And Coors Light was the moment that it just hit the spot and was delicious. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. If you've not done so already, make sure to follow us on social media on Twitter at LockedOnBC. You'll get all notifications about our pay, our new episodes and everything else you want to know about Boston College. So check out check us out on Twitter at LockedOnBC. Now we are going to talk about recruiting. On Wednesday, Wednesday is National Signing Day. This is the early period where recruits can sign their letter of intention with the school of their choice. As we work closer to National Signing Day, 
I'm going to give you a different segment each day that's going to talk about recruiting and where Boston College remains and what they could do up until that signing day. So right now, Boston College has 25 recruits signed. They have the 40th ranked, according to 247 Sports, uh, class in the class of 2021, which is about 24 points higher than what Steve Adazio had in his final year. And they have probably five more spots. Now you say, okay, they have 25. That's usually what a school is allowed to have. However, you have to remember there is some wiggle room when it comes to recruiting classes. Now schools can do what's called gray shirting, where they can take a guy and move him forward. And I've seen on 247, there's a bunch of guys um, that are going to do that. So you can assume that there's probably at least five more spots in this class. And I'm sure that, you know, given how the NCAA is, you know, loose and there's all sorts of loopholes with things that they can even go higher than that. So they have five more spots. Now, what do they do? We'll be talking about that. Um, it looks like George Ken, uh, Drew Kendall and George Rooks are probably two big ones. You know, Drew Kendall is the name everyone wants to talk about. He's an offensive lineman from Boston. His dad, Pete Kendall, played for Boston College, and he has Boston College in his final two along with Stanford. When will he commit? No one has a clue because he's pretty tight-lipped about it. But the way things are going, I would not be surprised if he does not commit before early signing day and we have to wait until February. George Rooks? Possibly the same thing. He's a guy that has um, a final three of Michigan, Penn State, and Boston College, and uh, some of the crystal balls on 247 Sports are aiming at Boston College. But again, he's a guy that might slow roll this and see what happens with Michigan and Penn State before he makes his decision. So I would not expect either of those guys to make a decision before National Signing Day. But there is interesting news that we should talk about heading into this day, and that is Trevin Wallace. Now, if you remember, Trevin Wallace is ranked 75th in the country. He's an inside linebacker, safety hybrid um, linebacker out of Georgia, who was originally committed to Boston College. He's a four-star. He decommitted about two weeks ago. However, the big news today uh, on Sunday in college sports was that Auburn fired Gus Malzahn after seven years. You know, they had a six and four record, and they decided to move in a different direction. Now, Trevin Wallace, the big news, uh, the big uh, hubbub is that he wanted to play for Auburn. He was a heavy favorite to end up there after he decommitted from Boston College. Now, with Malzahn gone and all the the program kind of in a bit of a hiatus right now where they don't know what's going to happen, they don't know who the coach is going to be, could he end up back at Boston College? Now, he has other options. He's been talking to Old Miss. He's been talking to Tennessee. South Carolina was in there, but, you know, they fired their head coach, too. So there's some SEC programs he could end up with. And I would not rule out Lane Kiffin on anything because he seems to be um, really hitting home runs left and right now. But you have to feel like maybe Boston College could still be in this. Now, they ended up grabbing Bryce Steele, a South Carolina decommit, a couple weeks ago. And he definitely fills the role of Trevor Wallace. But this is one of those situations where if you can get Wallace and Steele, you do it. You don't. You you don't. You know, finagle with numbers. You get those two linebackers and you get them in. So I think that's something to watch. Um, I'm. He's another guy, just like Rooks and, and Kendall. He might slow roll this now and see what happens with Auburn. You know, one of the guys that they mentioned is Kevin Steele, their defensive coordinator. If he stays there, that could definitely mean that Trevin Wallace could stay at Auburn. We'll have to see what happens there. But it's a situation worth watching. And as this period continues, 
keep your eye on bcbulletin.com. If there's any news that pops out, any new offers, any uh, possible flips, I will make sure to get that news up as soon as it happens. So you're going to want to check out bcbulletin.com this week for all your National Signing Day uh, news. And people have been asking me, could anyone on Boston College still flip? I don't think so. I think this class is pretty much locked down. I think most of the guys that I've talked to are going to um, definitely stick with BC. And tomorrow, my hope is, either I'm going to either get it tomorrow or Tuesday, Otto Hess, an offensive lineman who's committed to Boston College, is going to join us to talk about his trip, um, his path to BC, and how it's been uh, through the virtual world, how he connected with Jeff Halfley and his staff. So you're going to want to check that out. And on Tuesday, I'm going to have John Garcia, the director of recruiting for Sports Illustrated, to come on and talk BC recruiting. Now, John is a very smart guy who knows the ins and outs of recruiting, and he's going to have some great analysis about where BC's at and what he thinks of the class and what they have and have not been able to do in terms of recruiting. And during this recruiting period, if you, the, the listeners, have a question for me, hit me up. If you follow me on Twitter, my DMs are always open. You can shoot me a message if you wanted to have a question answered. Or you can email me at bostoncollegesi.com. Or at gmail.com, excuse me. bostoncollegesi at gmail.com. I love hearing what you guys have for questions, and I'm happy to answer anything that you have um, in terms of questions. In a moment, we're going to talk about the embarrassing loss against Syracuse on Saturday. But before we do, I want to talk to you about Built Bar. Now, many of you have tried Built Bar, and you know exactly what I'm talking about, about how delicious these nutritional bars are for you and how good they taste. Now, they have 18 amazing flavors, and you're not even going to get a chance to eat them all because they're, you're going to get stuck like I do. I, I cannot eat anything other than cookies and cream. I've tried many of them, but that is my favorite. But there's so many other good choices. You can have coconut, double chocolate, toffee almond. You know, when you're looking for something to eat, you want something that's going to fill you up. That's what Built Bar does. It has protein. Now listen to the um, profile of the coconut almond. 18 grams of protein. That is Excellent. That's going to fill you right up. 180 calories. It's not going to make you feel bad. Five grams of sugar and five net carbs. Good energy that's going to last. And that's what Built Bar is all about. Now, we have a special offer to give you. You're going to get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black, editor and publisher of BCBulletin.com and host of the show. I want to talk to you about Locked On NBA. NBA fans, you need to listen up. The Locked On NBA podcast is getting you ready for the start of the regular season with a special week of team preview podcasts all this week. Plus, waiver wire editions on Locked On Fantasy Basketball, and rookies to watch from draft guru Chad Ford. I know I'll be tuning in to my favorite show, 
the preview of the Boston Celtics hosted by John Corrales. If you have not checked out this podcast and you like the Celtics, John Corrales does an amazing job. He's probably my idol when it comes to podcasting. Check him out. And he does some Locked On NBA episodes too, so you want to make sure you check him out. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts. All right, strap in, folks. We're about to talk about Boston College basketball and embarrassing loss to Syracuse. Now, I can say it's embarrassing, but take it from Jim Christian, who said it himself. He said this was an embarrassing and rough loss, and he took a lot of the blame on himself for not having the team prepared. And that's exactly what it was. Boston College looked completely unprepared for Syracuse. They got run out of their own gym on Saturday when they played against Syracuse. Now, if you listen to some of my... Uh, post-game analysis when I do my live streams on Facebook. Check us out on Boston College SI. Make sure you follow us. I do a live stream after every game. And I was revved up about this game because Boston College, they this was not, this was so bad. Syracuse just lit them up all over the floor and they could not stop them if they tried. The perimeter defense was bad. The interior defense was bad. Their offense couldn't do anything. The Eagles are now 1-5, and and they play Cal, who I don't even know if they're going to get the game off. Mark Fox, the head coach of Cal, said today that he's not even sure the game's going to happen. But Boston College, they need to figure something out because this season is becoming a lost season really, really quick. And it's a tired cliche just to blame everything on the coach. But when you lose by 40 points and you're now 1-5, in five, I have no idea where else to look. This all falls on Jim Christian. This is the seventh year. He's, a, he's won 20-something percent of his ACC games, 35% of his games overall. He is not the answer for Boston College, unfortunately. He's a nice guy, and you want to wish him well, but he's not doing what he needs to do for this team. Boston College is supposedly a very deep team this year. But they do not look it on on film. They look like a bunch of guys that are not ACC ready. And for some reason, you know, you've got a bunch of MAC players on there that are not ACC players, and they're not being able to do what they need to do against a team like Syracuse. Syracuse is good, but they aren't fantastic. But BC made them look like the Harlem Globetrotters out there, and it was. I mean, I don't. I, I have a lot of Boston College friends. And every single one I was texting, and they're like, yeah, I'm not watching this. I'm done with this team. And that's kind of where basketball's at right now, and it is sad. As I've said before in this podcast, I was a student back in the days of 2006 when this team started off 20-0 and beat Syracuse, and I stormed the court. It was one of the best sporting events I've ever been to. So Boston College can do it, but they need to do some things. They need to be able to fix their facilities issue. They need to get a coach in here that can recruit ACC-level talent. You have Winston Tabs out there. He didn't even play the second half um, because they were probably getting you know blown out and they didn't want to waste his minutes out there. But around him, look what you look what you're getting. You know you have guys that are just so inconsistent. Stephon Mitchell, I love him. He's a good guy. He plays hard. He does a lot of the small things. But he's become a liability for BC because he gives you next to nothing on the offensive side. He had, I think, zero points. I, I remember he and C.J. Felder together had two points in this game. 
you got to get more points out of your front court. You cannot go this whole game getting two points out of a guy like that. Defenses are not respecting Mitchell anymore. He's not giving them anything that they have to contend with so they can just lock down on tabs or force errors on some of the other guys. You know, Mitchell has to start stepping up. He needs to take a more assertive role in this offense. Otherwise, you know, you're playing four on five when you're playing on the offensive side. But honestly, the offense is the least of our issues. BC's letting up 85 points a game. 85 points a game. You're not going to win any ACC games if you're letting up 85 points a game because your offense is not good enough to score 85 points a game. I, I thought maybe they would be able to, but what I've watched, they're not there. They can, they're a nice offense, but they're not enough to, to, to manage what they're doing on defense because the defense is just letting up bunny baskets over and over again in easy three-pointers. So this loss happened. It's easily one of the worst losses I've ever seen out of Jim Christian, and that includes all of the Hartfords and UMass Lowell's and terrible losses to Bryant and every other bad loss they've had. This one's up there because they lost to their rival by 40 points, and Syracuse let up on the gas. They could have easily won by 50, 60 points if they wanted to. Where does Boston College go from here? They've got a tough couple weeks coming up with UVA and NC State and Louisville. They could easily be 1-7, 1-8, 2-7. They got Cal, so they could win that game, but who knows where they're going to be. What they need to do is they need to figure some stuff out. Is Stefan Mitchell really what you need on both sides of the ball, or do you give DeMar Langford more more uh, opportunities on the field, on the court, excuse me? What about uh, Justin Vanderbon? Do you get him out there more? What Where does this team – or do you put James Karnick? He's look, he looked good against Syracuse. Um, against the, on the uh, defensive side, probably not the best, but I, I kind of liked what he's been able to do. Now, my last thought here, okay? I know everyone is at home. They're all saying the exact same thing. Fire Jim Christian, fire Jim Christian. There, that, And then there's other people that are saying, oh, BC's never going to fire Jim Christian. Listen, Pat Kraft, I know he's not, this. as I said before in this podcast, he's not the most social media savvy, and he's not a guy that's out there at, at tailgates because there's no tailgates. So you don't see him as much. I can tell you, I'm going to, if I were a gambling man, if this stuff continues, there's going to be two things that are going to happen by the end of the season. First of all, you're going to get plans on that indoor practice facility before the season's over. You're going to need to get that before they, if they're going to move on from Jim Christian, because you're not going to get a good coach without those plans. So that's more than just saying it's going to happen. You're going to hear where it's going to happen, some dates. You're going to get specifics. And with the vaccine for COVID-19 coming out and starting to roll out, it the the world will hopefully, the, the world and economics will kind of stabilize a little bit. So it's not going to seem as weird of, you know, A, building a new facility, and B, moving on from a coach. So the first thing that will happen will be the facility will be, be announced. Second, I know people are saying that they think that Jim Christian is going to get extended or blah, blah. They're not going to fire him. Listen, if he is, if this team continues the trajectory they're going now, there is literally no way they could bring him back without completely torpedoing this program. And Pat Kraft is a young up and coming AD, just like Jarman was. Jarman made his bones by hiring Jeff Halfley. He, and I understand, I know you are, are all going to bite me in the uh, face with this. I know he didn't fire Christian when he could have, but 
at that point, we did not know what the world was going to look like because of COVID-19. What was going to get shut down? There was going to be how many cuts in the athletic department. You don't know that. So you don't, you can't fire, buy out a guy like, you know, Christian and then let, you know, hire a new coach and then fire half of your staff to make that work. I know that there's probably some ways to get around that, but I, I can at least understand where they were coming from a little bit. At the end of this year, with the vaccine out and hopefully things stable, they're not going to just sit on this. You're not going to keep a coach as a new AD that has a 27% winning percentage in, in conference or a 35% winning percentage overall. They're going to move on. So I can tell you, I would bet my life, not bet my life, but I would bet heavy money that those two things are going to happen before the end of this year. Now, could they turn things around? It could happen. But man, they have to improve in all aspects of their game. Or else, this could be one of those years where BC is looking at the bottom of the ACC and maybe only a handful of ACC wins. This is AJ Black. This is Locked On Boston College, our daily Boston College podcast. We will be back tomorrow to talk more recruiting, any news that's come up, and I'm going to also get a chance to hopefully have Otto Hess on to talk about his journey to Boston College. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LockedOnBC and subscribe and like us wherever you get your podcasts. And as I always say, if you enjoy this and you have some friends or family that like Boston College as well, share our podcast with them. Tell them about Lockdown Boston College. It This is a free thing for you guys. I appreciate all of you that listen. But the one thing you could give back to me is to share us so that other people can find us as well. It'll help our podcast family grow. And I, I, I love all of you, so I want to make sure it gets even bigger. Again, I will be back tomorrow. This is AJ Black. Take care, everyone, and I'll see you all again soon.